Hey, everybody. Hi, how are you? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the program. Episode 226 of Atomic Radio Hour. I hope you're well. I hope you're happy. I hope you're eating properly. Getting a little exercise in, a little sunlight. The winter months are coming up. How are you? Welcome to the show. If you're a viewer, you might be noticing... It seems as if I'm a little follically impaired on the face as of now. It's Movember. A lot of men... Movember, I know, is a thing about prostate cancer in men. But it's not just that. Uh, I want to... I'm doing it also for, like, mental health awareness in men. Uh, Men... I can't say anything negative in the first two minutes of... Five minutes of a YouTube video. Men commit more unalive than anyone else. Babow. I'm not saying that their struggle is harder. I'm just saying that a lot of men do it. I feel like we don't talk about being unalive as much as we really should, especially in youth. So, hi. I didn't want to start on a downer. How are you? I hope you're well. Welcome to the show, episode 225. I have uh, some news, some things. I have a piece of lore. Not really news, but just stuff to talk about, stuff I've been thinking about. Some things I'd like to get your opinions on. I hope you guys are well, like I always say. I'm kind of going, you know, like I kind of like the mustache right now. I think I might keep it for a bit. I kind of just want to look like someone who produces porn in the 70s. Like, that's kind of my goal. I probably should have said that either. Whatever. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Uh, I went to a show. Behind me is a picture of the venue I was at. Take a look at that. Ain't that purdy? That's Red Rocks here in Colorado. It's right outside of Denver. It's like an hour and change drive from where I'm at currently. And... It's a, I saw Flatbush Zombies, and I wasn't even really seeing it for them. I, a Danny Brown opened, and Freddie Gibbs opened, and uh, a couple other cats that I didn't really know. Coast, Coast Contra, I think is their name, and this dude named Coltrane. I, I missed most of the two opening acts. I was really there to see Danny Brown. I think Danny Brown could be one of the best living rappers. Like, no joke. It's like... All my favorite rappers have just names. Like, it's not like like young, young homie from the block. It's like Danny Brown... MC Paul Barman, John Wayne are like my three favorites uh, that are alive, I should say. But I go to this venue and I don't know if, if Fallout has done this to you guys, but it certainly has done it to me. I can't look at a place of gathering without thinking, how would this be Falloutanized? And yeah, I know Falloutanized isn't really a, wor- a word, but like, hear me out. This is a, a musical Venue. I mean, I guess you could do stand-up, too, because Bill Burr has done stand-up here. But I'm saying it's, it's a venue, right? So the acoustics, the way the sound travels, there's not that many speakers. And, like, you felt – you feel it. Like, when I was there, I felt it in my chest the whole time. I felt every piece of bass in my in my chest. And I got to hear Danny Brown do two of my favorite songs of his. Sorry. I just wanted that quick little subtle flex. But I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm reading the interstitial little things on the screen because they have these big screens there that kind of are explaining the history of Red Rocks. And it's land owned by several different Native American tribes. And I feel like Native Americans aren't really explored as, as a people, as a culture in the Fallout universe. Now, the timeline splits at a certain point. So in America, for those who are not in America, uh, the Native Americans had their land taken from them. And then we're told, hey, assimilate to what we believe in, just for the Cliff Notes version of this. But the Native Americans that I've met from living out here, or even that I knew from my hometown, very few of them, but the ones that I knew, were very proud of their culture. And I can only imagine that in some way, reservations where they live now, 
some of them live. I shouldn't say it like, oh, where they are. But like where some Native Americans live, it's a tight-knit community. You would think that that would kind of pop up and and be explored within Fallout in some way. All of this to say that I think it'd be super interesting to see something like a Red Rocks venue, like what is behind me, see something like that explored within Fallout. Would it be a raider camp? Would it be a settlement? Uh, would it be something used as as a lookout point? Now, Denver itself is Dogtown. It's uh, pretty much a Legion territory, if I remember correctly. But let's say it's not. Let's say this is far enough outside of the city where it's something different. And it's something that isn't occupied by Caesar and his Legion. Let's say it's occupied by a group of, of raiders. Or even, uh, I don't know, it's, it's not super far from Route 80. I don't think I hit 80 when I was there. I took a different route. But still... I don't think 80 would be very far. Maybe this is a, a sect of the 80s that kind of branched off and didn't like the way things were going. Or, you know, they, they were 80s at one point and moved on and did something else or found a better trade route or, or found more money in trapping or something or, or something like that or, or hunting. And they've taken refuge there. This could be a huge place of commerce. Or maybe let's not do a super dystopian thing. Maybe this is a place where people gather that's almost like a megaton. Almost imagine if you took megaton and the strip and put them together. Took nothing but debauchery. And the homeliness, the, the down-home feeling of megaton and saying, here's these, these stalls, but more of an entertainment thing. You don't really live inside of Red Rocks. You live adjacent to Red Rocks. You maybe live in what were the parking lots or shacks that are now there. Uh, there's communities that are around it, but inside of it, maybe there is an animalistic, tribal, tribalistic, probably is a better word, like place where you can sit around and talk and drink. And maybe, maybe it's a philosophy den, which I don't think is a real term, but it's a den in which people come to just discuss how do we get out of this? Maybe it's nothing more than, let me check my time. This says seven minutes of recording, so I should be good. Maybe it's nothing more than a den of just mental masturbation, but hey, sometimes that's all you need. Like, Maybe all you need is just that, hey, I have an idea. I have a thought. What's going on? Maybe we can talk about this. Maybe we could uh, do this. Maybe we could try this. Even if it's just sitting around and going, how do we make the moot fruit grow faster? Maybe it's just a place where people come to study. And you can mix in Native American folklore or, or bits of the religion that they have and say they believe that uh, there's a part of Colorado that's a national park that uh, is called Garden of the Gods. Behind me is a quick picture of it. Look at that. Ain't that pretty? I've been there twice. It's really, really nice. There's an, this national park. The, the lore behind it is that's where the Native Americans believe that the gods would come to converse with each other. Maybe this is something in, in, in the realm of that. I do really like that Fallout 2 has the tribes. And I can kind of see that to be the new Native Americans, which I think is a really fun concept that you could play with, especially if they play with that in the show, if it was done correctly. There could be someone who kind of talks about like, hey, we were there. There were Americans that lived here and then there were Native Americans that were native to this land. And since the bombs falling, the Great War happening, the the nuclear holocaust happening maybe this is a re-cleansing and maybe we can start over and maybe now we are the native americans these tribes are the new natives of what is the new america new california 
which I think plays then into Tandy's ex- expansion of her constantly wanting to go north and east, mo- mostly east, but wanting to to branch out, wanting to go further and further, trying to get people to pay taxes. And like I always say, how are you going to tell somebody to pay a tax when they don't even know how to read? I think these are things that could be explored. And I try to think of these things. Like I went to, I've said this story before. I went to a Phillies game in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I've never been to a Phillies game and their stadium is set up in such a way where I walked in and my first thought was, this reminds me so much, so much of Diamond City. Like if Fallout has done anything to me, I see these giant landscapes and I just say, how would this look if bombs hit it? Like with DC, like I was just there. Picture real quick, plug one more time. Here's a picture of, of us at the meetup. Uh, I'm going to hate myself for this, but right where my finger is, that's me. And that's Wes Johnson. Haha, ha, baby. So you have all of these, these types of places like DC and, and, you know, you have to get the satellite for three dog at the museum of history and then you bring that to the washington monument and i was there like we sell it that picture that that is probably still behind me is at the washington monument a place that i've played and been at too so i'm always looking at things even just like being here in colorado with how open everything is if you get a little higher up you get a little more elevation than you usually have and you can just see the city and what I love is the ability to see the city. And I and like my first thought is like, imagine if NCR was out here or even Caesar's Legion. Like imagine if the Legion is out here and they're just looking out that way because canonically they're out here. There's a spot not far from me that in one of the tactics games, the Brotherhood controls, I believe. Or no, I'm sorry. Not the Brotherhood controls. I apologize. Uh, it's a vault is not far from where I live, but it's an uncanonical vault at this point. As far as we know, it could be, but as far as we know, it's uncanonical, and we're probably not getting another Fallout until 2030. 20, 2028 to 2032, my guess. All I'm getting at is this behind me, this Red Rocks Arena amphitheater. That's what it was. It was an amphitheater. It's something that I went to and had a blast at. Like, I just kind of want to talk about the fun time I had. I met up my buddy Chris, who uh, I play Minecraft with every now and again, and, and I used to play Overwatch with. And I met up with him and some people he works with. And, you know, it's just nice to see a friend that I grew up with and go to a show. But in the back of my mind, the entire time is these steps. Okay, hold on. Go back to the Native American thing. Uh, Denver is, and I'm probably wrong when I say this. The actual altitude will be above me or next to me on the green screen. It's, I want to say 10,000 feet above sea level. And where I live is, I want to say six, six or eight. I don't remember. I, I'll, I'll check for Denver. Denver's, the number is behind me. Um, so maybe because there's so many stairs, you probably seen the picture what the, what the theater looks like. I don't know. This is all something I have to do in post. So it's either going up or going down. I would assume the stairs to get up there. I live here and I've been here for almost two years and going up these stairs was hell. Maybe you have something like a tribe that is out there that sees these stairs as a, as a religious ritualistic thing because of how thin the air is. You walk up and down the amphitheater steps and you get lightheaded and at a point of exhaustion, when you pass out, that's a religious thing. And once you have that, you become anointed and you can do this and that. And if you can do it without passing out, you become some deity in their belief or, or you are a chosen one, for lack of a better term. There's so many stories that I see that could be taking place in the world of Fallout 
when I go out and do something, just being on the highway, like just being like when I drove out here, just being in Kansas and seeing the Great Plains and Kansas would be nuked because of we have silos there because uh, it's all flat land. It's it's like a known thing. Like I don't live too far from from essentially NORAD. So like, you know, I'm going to get vaporized a baby. But still. What I'm getting at is like just going through Kansas, seeing all this flat land, like I'm imagining packs of Brahmin just coming through with caravanners and just seeing people moving through and, and seeing people trying to live and maybe seeing a death claw. I mean, it doesn't really make sense why they're on the east, um, but I mean, they're there. So what are we going to do about it? Rad scorpions or rad scorpions. Like, I think there was a thing that they like all came from like a pet store. It doesn't matter. They're there. What are we going to do about it? It's neat. I like it. Some things are excusable. Some things are not. If you guys experience the same phenomenon that I experience where I see something and I think, how would this be apocalypsified? How would, what would happen if the end of days came and civilization was trying to rebuild itself or continue? What would this look like? Let me know in the, in the comments or, or join the Discord. Link in the description to the Discord uh, below. Jump in there, let me know, or hit me on Twitter. There's a link to my Twitter and the show's Twitter. Feel free to reach out to both or, or mine or the show, either one, doesn't matter. And let me know what you think, because I'm curious, because this is something that I could sit around and talk about for hours. Now than that, I uh, want to get into the lore, but before I get into the lore, I have to thank the Patreon. Thank you to the Patreon, because of you guys, I can continue to uh, create the show. And uh, I had to pay my dues recently, and this show is completely self-funded. This show pays for itself at this point, and that's all because of you guys. I don't have to dip in my pockets at all. All of the money that I make on Patreon gets put directly back into this program. And I thank you for it, and I love you, and I just want to make sure you understand how appreciative I am of that. Starting at the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last but certainly not least, I have to thank TP. Thank you, TP. Like I said, because of you guys, the show continues to grow and thrive as it does. And I love you. I've been playing video games again, which is strange because I feel like I've fallen out of love with it. Maybe this is a passing fancy, who knows? But I've been playing them and I've been looking forward to playing them. And even just playing two hours worth of something, it feels good again. Uh, I've been playing Fallout 3, and I was streaming Fallout 3, but when I went to the to the, the meetup, the gathering, if you will, in DC, I wanted to make sure I played a little before I went, but with making the bottle caps and doing the editing and doing everything else, you know, I have a personal life. Like, I want to go out and see my friends every now and again, go out and have dinner at the Waffle House at 2 in the morning. I didn't get a chance to play it, so I got home and I played it. I didn't get to play it on the day, the day that the bombs fell. Uh, the 23rd, but I got to play it on the day that was the anniversary of Fallout 3, right? So I'm pretty happy with all of this. All of this being said, I've really been enjoying it. I've really been taking my time and going slow and reading all the dialogue and exploring. I just found the other day, just from walking around not far from Megaton, there's a piece of highway that just destroyed that I don't think I've ever been on. Like today for the lore, I found out about two characters being married that I had no clue whatsoever about. And I've played three for thousands of hours. So I'm just really enjoying being back in a world that I remember being back there and kind of seeing it not with fresh eyes, but, and this isn't to say anything bad about Twitch, but when you're, you're streaming, 
you're you're doing a performance. So I'm kind of making sure that the content is as good as it can be. Even if it's just me walking, I'm trying to make it as entertaining as possible. And I'm worried about, oh, can I do this? Can I do that? I want to get this done. I want to do this quest. And I can only stream for three or four hours. I want to make sure I get all these things done. But the way I'm playing three on my own on my Xbox is very much, I want to do this. I'll get there eventually. How do I get there? All right, take a turn here. Go slow this way. Do that this way. Oh, what's this over here? Oh, I remember what's over here. Let me get the quest here. I'll do the quest here and I'll come back later. Like I'm really just taking my time with it. And it feels so good to be back. I hope I didn't just jinx myself, but I really have been enjoying it. I really, really have been. Because I've been playing Fallout 3, I, and, 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 and you know, I'm still kind of living in the, in the moment of being in DC. And I feel like that's something that's going to stick with me for a while. I'm trying to live inside of that, and I wanted to do a piece of lore from Fallout 3, and it's someone that I'm surprised I've never touched on. Uh, one of my favorite, I, I've actually, I had a friend come over while I was playing Fallout 3, and I was like, oh, this is one of my favorite characters, oh, this is one of my favorite characters, oh, this is one of my favorite, and they're like, do you just love everybody? I'm like, yeah, pretty much, because I was explaining Fox, and I was explaining Butch, and then I found today's piece of lore in Megaton, and I was like, this is one of my favorite characters. So if you want to hear any piece of lore whatsoever, make sure you're in the Discord because once a week I ask a question and the first person to get the question right gets to pick this week's lore. And this week's lore coming to us from Fallout 3 is one of my favorite characters, Confessor Cromwell. The prophet of Atom, the father of the undying glow. A preacher of the children of Adam. The two names, the two, the prophet and the father, those are two things that he's referred to by the church. Uh, by the children of Adam, by the cult, if you will. This is the cult that currently resides in Megaton inside of the year of 2277. It's a sect inside of Megaton. Confessor Cromwell is a 44-year-old man. He did some traveling in his youth and later settled down in the town of Megaton. Say what you want about any religion. And I've spoken about uh, a f person I work with before on the show uh, in a full episode before uh, a fellow who was a Mormon, uh, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if there's anything I believe that those people do correctly is they send their people out to travel. He was telling me, the person I work with said that his dad learned Chinese. He learned Mandarin because he spent time in China because of being on a mission. Now, say what you want about why they're there. The fact that they get to travel is awesome. And it, that's just, I, I would love to, like he said, his one cousin was heading to Germany. And I was like, hey, why don't you go hang out with him? Why don't you go visit Germany? And he told me he wasn't going to do that for some reason. I don't remember why. But I think travel for anybody is important, and especially a religious person, because you get more perspective on life. The church allowed him, the children of Adam allowed him to stay in Megaton with a blessing of a person, the preacher who preceded him, the predecessor of him. Uh, he gave a, a blessing. He gave a blessing that Confessor Cromwell could stay here. Predecessor isn't given a name, but he's the one who taught him the way of Adam. He taught him the good word. He taught him what it is to be a part of the children of Adam. And because of this, he took it in such a way where he became the next head of the children of Adam inside of Megaton. He proved himself to be a member of the community. And I think no matter what you want to say, again, I'm not pro and I'm not anti-religion. And I'm trying to approach this as middle of the road as I can. Any good religion, any good following should be helping the community. It should be from within making the even the smallest of small changes inside of the community to lift up every member. And 
he proved himself to be a, to be a helpful member of the community. And if you're helping, I don't think it really should matter what you believe in. As long as you're helping out people, you're not going out of your way to actively hurt another human. And he is married to Mother Maya. The two of them dress in the style of the cult, uh, which I think is important too, because it's been a while since I've looked at a Bible. But if I remember correctly, Jesus not only hung out with the prostitutes and with the lepers and with those that didn't have money, but he dressed in the same style. He didn't have silken robes. He had the commoner's clothing. And, you know, I'm not saying you should cosplay being poor, but if somebody sees you the same way that they see themselves, you believe them easier. Like, if I'm walking down the street and I'm feeling sketched out, I'm not going to believe the dude in the suit. I'm going to believe the dude who's in some, some dungarees and a tee or a hoodie or something. There, there was there was something that that struck me, and again, I've been trying to not talk about religion in such a such a positive or negative way. Doing this, but there was a piece, there's a quote that I wrote down directly that I'd like to share with the class that struck me, and I feel like that's what a good religious teacher should be. And it says, "The only advice that I can offer to you is this: you will find no wealth greater in the wasteland greater than that which." you will find inside yourself. Bask in Adam's glow and you will understand. And I feel like that's something that, especially today, we don't really hear. And if we hear it, it's kind of backhanded and regurgitated from something else. The idea of you have so much more power, like the happiness that you want is from within. And the, the value and worth that you will find is from within. Not to get too personal during the lore segment, but I had so many friends back home that I feel like they had the mindset of, if I could just find me a girlfriend, it would fix me. And it was so, it was so hard to explain. It has nothing to do with being in a relationship and everything to do with you. You have to decide that it's time for you to be happy. And I feel like he's saying that in, in more or less words. And if to him, Adam's glow is what did that for him, then he's going to pass that on. But for other people, it could be cooking or writing or podcasting. It could be anything else. And I, I don't know, this like, like in a weird way, I was reading the lore and this like struck me. He believes that each person that is lost is on their own way and on their own path. Again, another piece of just growing up, growing old. How are you going to figure out where you are? And especially when you live in such a landscape that that is the capital wasteland, it's so dreary. It's so desolate. It's there's there's nothingness. Like it's lousy with nothingness. I enjoy the nothingness, but that's because it's a video game. If I lived there, I'd probably hate it. Very much akin to how Tandy is in Fallout One. She just wants to leave Shady Sands. Then she gets kidnapped. But still, she just wants to leave. She wants to see what else is out there. It's dangerous, but she's bored because of the safety she has there. And, you know, maybe as a kid, I, I, I heard this line of dialogue and I just don't remember hearing it for the first time and it stood with me. Cromwell and Maya treat Gob, the ghoul, inside of Moriarty's saloon with reverence, with respect, with patience. Because of their religious belief. And I really appreciate that. Not just because I love ghouls in this in this game, in this franchise, but because I love the idea that Gob has two or three or four or five people inside of Megaton that actually treat him with respect. Moriarty is a piece of shit. Like I said uh, a little earlier in the episode that this lore segment is a part of, I'm playing Fallout 3 and I really want to get rid of Moriarty just so Gob can be in, in control. I don't know what I'm going to do with Megaton, but even if he gets a little bit of peace, 
and importance for a little while, I'll be very happy. Now I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com and there's some notes and some quick stuff that I wanted to read directly off the wiki for you. This note here, I remember being different. I remember this being something that might have been patched in later. Cromwell, like all non-player characters, is immune to radiation and therefore does not succumb to radiation poisoning despite being constantly irradiated. I remember that as if you stood there long enough and watched him, he would die of radiation poisoning. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been playing this game for 14 years. I've, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about this game over those 14 years. I remember hearing that or seeing that somewhere. I know I didn't do it myself, but I remember hearing this. Am I wrong? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe that got patched. There's a few megaton settlers that go there and watch Confessor Cromwell every single day. Even if he has died, they still just kind of go and stand around the bomb. I like to believe that they were friends and they've started playing like card games or something together. And that's how they met was listening to Confessor Cromwell. And one guy's like, what a load of barnacles. And they just became friends. Confessor Cromwell says that if you're part of the children of Adam, you have to be a pacifist. And sober, but inside of his office, there's a little church. It might be behind me. I believe it will be behind me at some point. Now it's behind me. How, let's do that. Now the church is behind me. Uh, inside of his office, you can find a 10 millimeter and a bottle of whiskey. Cromwell is part of the children of Adam who worship the bomb inside of Megaton. I don't know how I didn't bring this up till now. People object to detonating the bomb or, or getting rid of the nuclear charge or, uh, or disabling the nuclear charge inside of the bomb. Uh, and if you do disarm it, he doesn't think negatively of you. He just kind of never brings it up. Cromwell will never stop talking in game as long as he's listened to. In Far Harbor, Confessor Texas refers to Cromwell as Adam's great prophet. I remember that. He appears only in Fallout 3 and Fallout Shelter and is mentioned in Far Harbor, like I said. I remember very early on, I've told this story before, uh, I, during the E3 that they showed Fallout 3 off, I remember watching that. And seeing Todd Howard talk about how you can collect books in the game, and every time you read a book, you get a little smarter. And I remember exploring Megaton. It was the first time I was ever ever in there, and I went into the Church of Adam. And I picked up every single book that was in there. And I remember like crouching around and trying to like take things off desks and like just learning the mechanics. This is also the first like RPG, open world RPG that wasn't Pokemon that I'd ever played. So everything about it was just foreign to me, and I was figuring it out slowly. And I remember going through the church and picking up every single book that was there and trying to read it and not getting anything out of it. Other than that, that's pretty much all I have for you fine folks. This was Confessor Cromwell from Fallout 3. And that, my friends, is this week's lore. Now, I talked about it on the show before, and I didn't really want to the first time. Um... I didn't think it was going to happen, but Elon Musk has done it, and he's bought Twitter. Yeah, I know. Sucks. Um, because he's trying to champion it as a bastion of free speech, but he's also selling the blue check marks for $8 a month. Which, how are you going to tell me that my speech is just as worthy as anybody else's speech, but then people with blue checks get to see it? you get to see their stuff more. I, I made a conscious decision when with me and the past host of the show when we made the Patreon that I didn't ever want to put this show behind a paywall. Now, a lot of podcasts do like a, like a, like a supplement show. Like one of my favorite 
YouTubers, Super Mega, they do a podcast and they have like a 20 minute bonus show on their, on their Patreon. Is that something I'm interested in doing? I don't know. But like, that's for, that's, that's additive bonus. That's something small that, that you give us like a, Hey, thank you for supporting and, and giving money. Here's, here's a little extra content for you in your day where this is just like, well, if I, if you want to be heard, you have to pay $8 a month. And I get that being verified is a process that uh, creators need, especially YouTubers, because of the way that a lot of YouTubers have a, a discourse with their fan base is through Twitter. The, the YouTube comments somewhat, and I, and I doubt any YouTubers are really getting emails anymore, but like, I feel like YouTube comments are kind of convoluted. And Twitter, I just feel like Twitter is, is where you should be if you're trying to get in contact with somebody or their Discord, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but like, I don't think charging eight dollars. Ne- Nebel left Twitter. There's uh, behind me will be will be just a screenshot of his text post. Kyle sent me this. Kyle loved Nebel. I would get I would get, and I kid you not, anywhere from six to ten Nebel tweets a week from Kyle leaking games, talking about uh, entertainment news, just 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 stuff that Kyle and myself are interested in. And he was kind of my filter, my conduit, if you will. And he's just like, I see the way that, that the uh, I see the way that the, the website is going. It's hard enough to make money here. Uh, I, I'm having a hard time supporting myself, and now I do not feel like Elon Musk is a mature enough man to do the job. And it sucks because it's you know I have a show, I have a YouTube channel, I have stuff that I put on the internet. And is it now going to be even harder to get in contact with those who want to see my stuff or interact with me? Maybe. I'm not paying $8 a month for Twitter. Oh, it'll be a cold, it'll be a cold day in hell when I pay $8 a month for Twitter. I don't think it'll last very long, to be completely honest, because I just don't think a lot of people are going to buy into it. I think, like, Jimmy Kimmel tonight, and, like, I think people that are, like, into the idea of being right, I guess, all the time, like... I feel like if, if anything, this is just going to weaponize the blue check. It's two, one of two things are going to happen. It's either the blue check mark is going to be a thing of ridicule or it's a, like a weapon or, or what have you. Or it's just going to be like, oh, look at these idiots. Like, I don't feel like there will be an in-between. I think it'll be like, like, I think it'll almost be what happened on Twitter with the hexagons. If your picture was an NFT, like I have a feeling that's where this might go is like, oh, look at the hexagon like silly hexagon a hexagon person what are you some sort of some sort of silly little moron like that like i just feel like it's gonna be you're gonna get made fun of i don't think it's gonna be a good thing i I really don't think anything other than mcdonald's late night television shows snl like corporate entities will be buying the blue check i don't think i do not think (sighs) shit it's hard to say but i don't think a million people will buy it i really i think the first month no, I lie, because the first month is probably going to be the biggest. Six months from when it goes live, I don't think it'll be that big. And also, if I heard correctly, uh, it was going to be like, if the team who's developing the strategy can't get it done by the end of the month, they're all fired. So, you know, don't give them ample time to discover it. Just, just, I don't know. Elon, in my mind, has changed. For a while, I was very fond of the idea of the electric space daddy. Just because I think there's something beautiful about having the money and the resources to want to go and explore the world abroad. And, you know, electric cars really are the future and a tunnel under L.A. might be a good thing. But like 
I don't know. He just seems like such a child. And what did you do to get all that money other than nepotism? But like, I don't know. I don't know. I would love, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, again, I'm not really like trying to make it a political thing and more of just like, how do people re- more of an anthropology thing? If, if I'm correct, the study of humans, like how would humans do this? How would we interact with one another? Twitter is a huge deal. Like I believe that if your account isn't private in the TOS of Twitter, you're giving an okay for your tweets to be entered into like the library of Congress or some shit. Like there's something that will hold tweets in it, which I think is super funny that somewhere in the library of Congress will just be, you telling me a shrimp fried this rice and like, what's going to happen when we get nuked or the aliens invade and another civilization shows up and they're reading all these ironic tweets about beautiful princess Island that nobody understands or like, that that Seabat song that everybody was going crazy over from that Reddit post, like that was then put onto Twitter. Twitter is just a filter for more information to come through and be recycled. And that's going to be somewhere in the future for some civilization to look at. I'd love to know what you guys think of all this. I feel like Twitter is a lot more important than we give it credit for. But other than that, but other than that, that's really all I have for you guys. I hope you're well. Uh, thank you for checking out the program. My name has been Vince. If you like the intro music, it's by the one and only Shane Ivers. Uh, if you'd like to get any of his music, there's a link in the description below. But it's also at silvermansounds.com slash free music where you can get all of his heaters, throw a slash feather duster, and you can find the intro song to this show. Link to my Twitter, the show's Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the Discord, the Redbubble, the Patreon. Thank you again to the Patreon. I love you guys very much. I look forward to us meeting again next week. And I'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast A Gulman Entertainment Production